Welcome back to today's episode. Today we're talking about Has Been Hotel. It's an adult animated musical comedy series on Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. First four episodes came out January 19th. The series has a huge fandom already because of the YouTube channel, which released a pilot to the show. Not the same one as the first episode here, but that came out in 2019. That's supposed to be canon. Still canon. Though. Still yes. canon, yes. It was created by Vizzy Pop or Vivian Madrano, correct? Yes. Tell me about her. She uh, decided to put all her funds into Has Been Hotel. She was fresh out of college. And she decided that she was going to self-finance the whole thing. She had a Patreon going. It took six months to write, two months to animate fully. And then she put it out. And as she described, overnight, it became a huge success. Yeah, she wrote, directed, designed, executively produced even this show as well. So, like, she's, what, in her early 30s Yeah, right I think now? she's 31. And, and you she... have to have a ton of respect because even my favorite animator, uh, Don Hertzfeld, he's Oscar nominated for Rejected and also the World of Tomorrow series. He also created such a beautiful day even talked about self-financing projects in 2020 and he even said the process and the time it takes is just absurd it's so backbreaking on a personal I would level assume it's excruciating so, i don't even know how she got the actors or actresses who voiced the original 2019 pilot like i know that that was a whole process mm -hmm. and that she used you said patreon right patreon that, yeah. like she would connect with the people who were trying to help her but at the same time you're doing it all on yourself. Well, not, yeah. not only that, she created a spinoff series, Hell of a Boss, mm -hmm. because she really liked the OG YouTuber, Brandon Rogers. And if you know anything about Brandon Rogers, he is really keen on disturbing type of humor. And that's kind of the humor that I get from Vivian Madrano after seeing the first four episodes of Hell of a Boss. Okay. Uh, what she did was she connected with Brandon Rogers, and then a different uh, animation team, completely different from Has Been Hotel, even though it's a spinoff of Has Been Hotel, came in with a huge turnaround and now hell of a boss is now in its fourth and final season yeah it's, a it's YouTube crazy series. that like her a spinoff of her magnum opus actually hit the uh, airwaves first a lot of the characters that were supposed to be in has been hotel ended up being in hell of a boss that she couldn't fit in either due to tone or just character wise it didn't fit correctly you but it's you, also a musical you watch the first four episodes yes who are those characters then uh, so you have Brandon Rogers. He is kind of the difference between has been you have hotel. names because I can't associate anything to the ones that I haven't seen. Well, you have Minnie, and she is voiced by Vivian Madrano in Hell of a is Boss. Is that Minnie Minnie Mouse? Like the <laughs> no, but they are they are miniature like demons. And what Hell of the a reason boss... I was making that joke is more because the amount of Disney sort of references. This feels like a parallel version where it's just a depraved version of Disney. She's definitely been influenced by a lot of like Saturday morning cartoons. Oh yeah, no. And but but primarily her main character Charlie is sort of like a Disney princess that was put in the wrong universe. <laughs> well, Alistair was actually I think the uh, earliest version radio of the character she had. Yeah, Alistair, yeah. The radio yeah, demon. because she actually came up with that character in grade school. Can, Charlie... we, can we save talking about him because he's he's really cool okay. and I want to save him for my Well, friends. let's talk about Charlie Vagatha and Angel then. Yes. She came up with these characters in high school and college and it reminded me a lot of Disenchanted because if you remember that, Matt Groening came Graining. up with a, Graining came up with the characters uh, just off of like a notebook whenever he was sketching it. Not only that, but Disenchantment, you look at, uh, she's also a princess just yes. like, uh, and her name is Bean, I think, and she has like a demon friend. So that's <laughs> very similar to this. A lot of mytholo mythological stuff going along, and but Bean, I would say, is like less hopeful. 
She's um, more into the rebellious side of things. While this character is just, she's already in hell. Her mom and dad are both like the, her dad is the devil. Yeah. And her mom is Lilith, who we'll talk about in a second. But she's already just surrounded by so much evil that her personality is just bubbly and goody <laughs> two-shoes. It's the most odd connection that you can make like that's why she made that character like that right yes and she also got erica henningsen everyone seems to have a broadway connection but erica henningsen was actually the main uh, character in the broadway musical mean girls back in 2018 yeah. and okay. then vagatha was voiced by stephanie beatrez you would maybe know her from rosa uh, rosa as in brooklyn 99 mm -hmm. she I was did also see that. and i saw keith david played husk right yeah just continuing to show up in everything i think the last thing he was in was like uh, crapopolis but or something these all came along after she got the show from amazon and unlike hell of a boss this isn't some 10 minute show it is a full 25 to 30 minutes yeah so let's talk about that a24 which it seems yeah. like has completely shifted into the internet realm and I, I haven't found anything backing this but i feel like bo burnham is the thing because bo burnham <laughs> did eighth grade in 2018 then in 2022 talk to me came out made by the people who did rocka rocka their next film project is some uh, uh, so like they're putting it in the hands of a 17 year old who got famous off of TikTok and YouTube from a movie based off of liminal space. And it also, you also just have YouTube, which is just successful with uh, TV shows. Anyways, we've talked about Adventure Time and Secure came from there. Broad City. I know that Final Space also had like a pilot that they did off YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, this isn't like your normal regular cartoon, though. It's not like they're greenlighting Grimsburg or whatever that Andy <laughs> Samberg one that we did last year was called. This is something special, kind of like a scavenger's reign where you know that it's going to lead somewhere. And that's got a little bit to do with my ultimate take on the show, since I can only review the first four episodes. But there was a huge expectation going in because I did watch the pilot to it the 30-minute pilot online. That yeah, critical acclaim, animation renaissance, reviewers were calling it, for yeah. independent animation. For, yes, and so I came in there thinking this is either going to be a huge disappointment or it's going to be amazing. Well, they have been teasing it for so long, much like my favorite uh, animation series on YouTube of Fox in Space. Throughout the years, because it just took so long, it took five years for them to make this thing, stalled partly because of the writer's strike, but also casting and everything else, they kept kept on releasing, much like a Fox in Space, uh, clips. This is, this is nothing like Fox in Space. You have tried to get me into that <laughs> so many times, and I just do not like it. It's so different than this because this is, it's vibrant, it's colorful, cartoonish. Uh, it's It's got like still gothic and macabre undertones, but at the same yes. time, it's kind of like Harley Quinn animation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like Animaniacs animation where things are happening in the background at the same time. You got chromatic modulation. You got an uh, etymology thing that I want to get into right now. So the show begins differently than the pilot did. And you hmm. see the pilot's canon, yeah. and that's referred to a lot. But the show begins like a Disney film does. It's got that once upon a time opening, you know, where the book opens, but without the book. <laughs> um, and, and you've seen it in Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, The Black Cauldron, Coco, Shrek, you know. Yep. Um, they stage the story, you get the lore drop. Did you know that Adam from Adam and Eve had a first wife that Wait, wasn't what? Eve? Yes. Who's, who was Lilith? So 
we've done a lot of shows that have uh, concentrated on Greco-Roman classical mythology. Yes. Percy Jackson, uh, Ragnarok, uh, Loki, American Gods, all those ones have to do with uh, Zeus and all right. and, and Hades and yeah, Poseidon and stuff. Judeo-Christian shows, I feel like the folklore behind them, we get less of them, but they're they're still around. You got Lucifer, Supernatural, and American Gods. Mm-hmm. Did I say oh American no, Gods? You said American it, Gods it fits for in for both. both. It yeah. fits in for okay. both. Um yeah, so Supernatural is actually the first time that I had heard of Lilith. Remember in the second season, I think she was That's the main right. villain. That's right. She's in the show. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know her background. So apparently she is sort of mentioned in the Old Testament, but it depends on what the etymology, like w- what you want to read into it, whether or not you believe into that. Like it's, it's not canon canon, if that <laughs> makes sense. The idea that Adam had a first wife who wouldn't obey him. And so she was cast out. And then she married the devil, and uh, that's how Charlie was born, because Charlie <laughs> is their kid. So, yeah, that, that was something to learn about. And then Lilith flourished in hell. She is um, considered the seducer and slayer of children. S- seducer and, not seducer and slayer. Okay, so, she doesn't yeah, seduce yeah. children. I don't think that would be an extra <laughs> level of hell. Yeah, but there's this extermination that happens every single year where heaven comes down with their guns, literally, <laughs> and just kills, all these angels kill a bunch of the... Right, this is supposed to be incredibly violent. They lean into the R-rating TVMA, much like Hell of a Boss did. Yeah, but this intro is more about just informing us of what's going on in this world. Charlie has opened a hotel, hoping that she can finally redeem some of these irredeemable people, <laughs> right. or, or these demons, or overlords, or whoever wants to join in, because she thinks that if she can redeem enough of them, and they can make it to heaven, then maybe heaven will stop attacking them. Mm -hmm. And so the first episode is called Overture. Overture can be uh, an orchestral piece at the beginning of a composition. So in a way, this is the beginning of everything. So that, And then also it can be a proposal, like you're making an overture to someone, um, with the aim of negotiating something. So in this case, she's speaking to heaven's embassy, and the angel in charge of heaven's embassy happens to be Adam. I guess he died, and he's in heaven. (laughs) But he's a jerk. He is a buffoon, and uh, he instead of pushing back the next um, onslaught of violence, the next purge, they're actually going to move it forward. Now, there's a because secret... of what Charlie is trying to push. Charlie believes that's the case. Like her dad gave her the call, said, "Hey, can you work something out with Adam?" And uh, she ends up singing a song and doesn't. Adam was never going to listen to her. Mm-hmm. So obviously she takes it personally. But at the same time, we find out um, from another scene that one of the angels was actually killed during the last purge. And that's the first time anybody in hell has ever been able to kill an angel. So what they need to do is they need to lock down. They need to go hard and kill so more they, of So it seems like the season finale is going to just be a huge fight between heaven and hell. Seems yeah, like that's but, what they're I mean, setting up that's for. That's a fair guesstimate. But really the first episode didn't, it wasn't much to write home about. Um, besides um. Charlie's song, which is Happy Day in Hell, which was really her moment to shine to introduce this new voice behind Charlie, um, episode two, I think, is where it got more of its footing. The first episode, if you had seen the YouTube pilot, you'd probably be a little disappointed because it was just reintroducing you to the characters you already knew. Right. Charlie, Vaggy, Angel Dust, Radio Demon, Nifty, Huss. They literally have a scene where they're sitting in the conference room of the Hasbin Hotel just giving each other plot like exposition just drop 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 so it has a little bit of pilotitis even though it's not technically the pilot um, so radio killed the video stars when you said that they kind of the video better, star right? because that's when they introduce new characters you see mr vox who is uh you, you see them in the background of the pilot 
but you don't ever, but this is the first time you actually get to meet right. them, right? Right. So there's this thing called Vox Tech, which is like Vought and the boys, or just any big company, and it owns everything. And it's like Hypnotoad where, um, from Futurama, where it can control everybody sort of with just what it's listening to. It's the main source or medium that people watch to entertain themselves. Mm -hmm. Apparently, before the radio demon showed up at Charlie's place at a has-been hotel and decided to help her out, he had been missing for seven years. Him and uh, the video guy, Mr. Vox, had been in a huge fight, but the radio demon seems to have beat up Mr. Vox. They even have like an epic battle, <laughs> rap battle, um, in this episode. But again, nothing beats the radio demon. He knows what he's doing. And then we also get to see Serpentius a lot in this episode. Serpentius. Remember Serpentius from the pilot? Because you saw that yes. um, as well. That was the snake guy who had the eggs right, as right, his little right. companions. Yeah. Yes. So what the Vox guy does is um, he and this guy named Valentino, who ha happens to be Angel Dust's boss, Angel Dust being like the porn guy right. who's also obsessed with drugs and just getting drunk and stuff like that. And uh, he he ends up teaming up with Vox to then um, send in Serpentius into the Hasbin Hotel as a secret agent to report back to them what's going on there. Right? Oh, that's very much down. like the pilot of, of uh, by, the boys. By the, second, by, by the end of the second episode, like five minutes later, uh, Serpentius has been caught by Angel <laughs> Dust putting up the camera, and then at the, at the very end, they still forgive him. Charlie forces them all to forgive him, and he actually does join the hotel legitimately. Oh, okay. So now he's one of the main <laughs> cast members, along with his bunch of minions who I am going to assume are one of the biggest like pros of the show as far as other people. Like they probably love the minions. Yeah. I yeah. mean, people, the audience does. Uh, yes. Also, Carmilla and Loot, have they shown up yet in the series by episode two? Carmilla and Loot? Yeah, they are supposed to be new characters. They were not in the original. Perhaps they hadn't shown up yet, but people like their no, characters I've as well. I've got someone named Velvet, and she shows up in the next episode. So there's like a meeting of the overlords in the third episode, including the uh, radio demon, but also including like this guy named Zestiel, and uh, just a lot of fighters. The, the people you just mentioned may be associated with the main lady there who had killed the angel, but doesn't tell any right. of the overlords about it because she doesn't want it to cause a huge war. People had kind of a problem with, with the that. fact that the hell's demon person who is supposed to be like evil is now judging that she wants to be good. I don't know. What, what, well, was, her, what was their problem? It's like by the end, they're supposed to be the person that comes out, right? And, and says that they did kill the person. Yes. And, the, and they... And people have a problem with it being so late into the episode and you really only get one scene with her before she comes out. It's like, I'm the one who did it. I, I guess, yeah. The egg, one of the eggs, um, which uh, Radio Demon has sequestered for himself for mm -hmm. at least this episode, is in the room and hears it and then relays it back to Radio Demon. Radio Demon tells him to keep his trap shut. This is Frank. The egg's name is Frank. I, lo I love the eggs. The eggs, I think, I know, that's what I was saying. Part. It's like, people probably love them. I find them to be a little annoying, but at the same time they have funny voices so whatever um yes but frank relays it back to him he's not supposed to tell anybody but then he gets back to serpentius and he tells serpentius out of just <laughs> he doesn't mean to it kind of just slips out serpentius doesn't seem to care at all that episode's called scrambled eggs um and uh then in the fourth episode it's called masquerade we kind of take a back step because this one doesn't even have the radio demon in it charlie is barely in it it's mainly about angel dust probably my least favorite character because he's so 
not, uh, in your face about everything he does. And that's on purpose. Like, he's supposed to be trying to right. annoy the bartender and just be egregiously, like, sexual and horny all the time. He's off. He's doing porn star stuff. And they're in the middle of a shoot. And you see Valentino's there. He doesn't seem to have a problem with Angel like he did in the second episode. Charlie comes in to try to rework Angel's contract, thinking that she can kind of, like, bully her way. But as soon as she comes in there, she starts messing things up. And uh, Angel, it's, it's made clear that he is under contract. His real name is Anthony. And that although he is uh, hedonistic in his lifestyle choices, he would do drugs regardless. He would enjoy sexual exploits regardless. He really is being forced to do this. And he's beaten and beat up if he does not because he signed this contract with Valentino. So he tells Charlie to get the hell out of there. He's sulking. Um, he's going into a self-destructive spiral. Then Huss, the bartender, Keith David, who right. he hasn't had a good uh, relationship with up until this point. Um, it's been very one-sided. Huss comes over, gives his backstory in song, tells him about how uh, he used to be an overlord, ended up losing everything because he's a gambling addict to the radio demon. And then that's how he ends up having to work at the Hasbin Hotel. And then they talk about being losers together. And then that's where episode four ends. I'm it's sad to not, say, you, yeah. said, you said it takes a step back, but yeah. I, everyone's favorite song, and I had to listen to it because it was everyone's favorite <laughs> song, was Loser Baby. And also your favorite character, Alistair the Radio Demon, uh, Amir Talley, the person who voiced him, said that Poison is his favorite Poison song. Poison is so, it's a song that comes right before I'm a loser. And it <laughs> is so graphic when you know the context. When you don't listen to it and you're you're not exactly sure what it means. <laughs> you can make a, a few assumptions, but it's not clear until you're actually seeing it on the screen. You're like, oh, God. Well, a huge reason why Keith yeah. David even uh, decided to do the role is because he mentioned things like Fritz the Cat, Cool World, and other old adult cartoons and said that was a huge reason he well, did he this show. Well, that he's a, he's a wing cat. That makes more sense. But he said that a huge reason was because of the adult humor that uh, Vivian Madrano just injects in all of her projects. Yeah, it's a weird blend of, again, innocence with very adult humor. Let's get into my pros, yes. shall we? Um, I'm going to give you the description to a character and you tell me out of the ones that I've talked about who it is. An eccentric and sadistic mastermind. He's known for his flamboyant personality, dark sense of humor, and penchant for orchestrating gruesome events. The character adds a twisted and entertaining dimension to the show with his villainous charm and theatrical presence. Is that Radio Demon? No, it's the host of Blood Drive, Julian Slink, that TV show, <laughs> because they are very much similar. Um, although I do want to give Alistar, the radio demon, and also this overlord, like they have done something with his character. And I, I know you said, Vivian, this was like the first one she thought of. Yes. This is an incredible character. Probably one of my favorite characters to come around in the last 10 years. I remember when I was originally watching the uh, Has Been Hotel pilot on YouTube, I had seen about the first 15 minutes of it, and I told you that, and because I had kind of taken a date break, and you said, watch the rest of it because it's going to introduce a character that I love. Yeah, in five minutes, they were able to give him a full personality, one that was both sinister and hilarious at the same time. Again, he presents himself as a radio show host from the 1930s, but he's evil Willy Wonka. 
He has <laughs> that Cheshire cat smile, Joker sort of. You yes, know? absolutely. Um, and and he's unfazable. Like it just seems like he's always holding back what he could possibly <laughs> do, which is so cool to see. It, and his unpredictability, um, it, the fact that he doesn't just destroy everything around him makes him way better than most villains out of there. And then how he oscillates between this like ominous presence, it, just to add the depth and intrigue that we're we're used to. His best feature though is that voice because the radio interference is it's it's somewhat um nostalgic it's somewhat soothing in a way but the white noise and the vintage charm it the crackling gets worse when he becomes more menacing and oh so that's works, that's cool <laughs> so uh, if you remember in the pilot they even changed the animation style when they were giving his backstory and it actually was like in again five minutes they were able to make him scary this show, remember what you said about Echo and how they brought back Kingpin and how they brought back the Daredevil and they were about 80% of what they were in the other series yes. and the grittiness and wise? I feel a little bit of that here. Yeah, everyone does because they changed the voice actors and the character it, design. It, yeah, it's a little more glossy, a little bit more polished. The, even the red, there are a thousand tones of red, but like in the original pilot it was a little bit more depressing a little bit more uh gritty like it, it reminds me a lot because i think you're kind of talking about authenticity because like you're saying it, it came off kind of cleaner it reminds me a lot of the american vandal joke when they were saying how it was season two and how netflix had picked up season one from the daily motion and people thought that it was worse on netflix even though that didn't actually happen in the show but they were acting like it did mm -hmm. because it took away some of the authenticity that was on the daily motion website yeah my i was wondering if maybe it wasn't even the move to Amazon. The thing about the pilot was that she had years upon years to construct that thing and make it fine-tuned and perfect the way she wanted it to come across. And when you get greenlit for having to make 20-minute uh, episodes and you have to do what, how many are going to come out? Uh, eight. Eight? Okay, so eight of them still. Uh, you're going to end up fleshing things out a little bit more and maybe taking a few more jumps than you would have before with just your drawings. Yeah, and also. I mean, Hasbun Hotel, the original pilot, she really focused on, she even had to end her webcomic Zoophobia, which was pretty popular and ran on for four years from 2012 to 2016. Funny enough, Zootopia, I was going to compare that uh, singing of Angel Dust to the episode where the weasel was singing because they the kind third of have, episode. They, they both <laughs> sing about being losers right yes. that was yeah that was and also a nightmare before christmas was a huge uh huge inspiration she said yes. that when she yeah. was doing the, when she was in college she was watching bojack horseman and also rick and morty that was the time when those shows were becoming really popular and she realized because it was just supposed to be kind of a one joke thing uh, when she was making Hasbun hotel when she realized those shows were able to inject drama so well into them she was like you know what i can do the same thing i thought when the storyline was introduced about the the over arc the fact that heaven was actually evil and stuff and that there was the purge that they would come in and do i thought that that was kind of uh originally going to be part of my cons because i was like oh this feels kind of cheap like they threw it in there but then when i went back to the pilot that is exactly what they were showing in the background you can see where it says 365 days until the next purge right, yeah and they were doing the interviews about that purge so it was all there tangentially they were just able to tell it in a way that was way less formulaic and the first few episodes here felt formulaic however episodes two and three i still think were good and i still think 80 percent of that radio demon is still there so <laughs> I, i'm going to continue along my pros because there's more to say um keeping the villains different so keeping them distinct enough for instance that zest 
Ezekiel character I'm talking about. He is just as possibly powerful as the radio demon, but yes. he has the much more villain drawl that you're used to hearing. You know, he doesn't have the radio part of it. So it's like he's intimidating, but he doesn't have the funniness aspect to it. That's uh-huh. what makes the radio demon better. But being able to cast several different villains at the same time, I think, is an achievement. Well, Vivian and Drawl, like, aren't they all supposed to be villains? Because hell of a well, boss. Charlie. Charlie Except again is Charlie. the main character, yes. and she is so good. She she's she goes against. She's not an antihero. That's the thing. You're taking a character who's supposed to be an antihero, but you've actually made them a complete hero. But the thing is, hell of a boss. It's it's just focused completely on evil people, and it's also supposed to focus on the interpersonal relationships between those characters. Mm-hmm. Where has been hotel is supposed to be more about redemption and consequences, which seems darker. Um, yeah, it depends on where the next four episodes will go. The the comparisons I was going to make was more uh, disenchantment. Crapopolis also has gods for parents. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy wants to improve the kingdom. Todd versus the book of pure evil because of its raunchiness. <laughs> what we do in the shadows because like you're talking about with everybody being a villain. Yeah. But at the same time, they have a good heart. Yes. Towards each other. Invader Zim was all, was a big one as well. And that yeah. kind of focuses on the same storyline. And then line. Little Demon, same deal. Parents are, in fact, Lucifer or Satan is her dad, right? Yes. And so she is the princess of hell. A lot of cartoons have done that before. That's why I'm not saying this is a completely original s- story. Would you but rope it, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Um, whew, No, because Buffy was had no problem killing Charlie doesn't want to kill anybody. She wants everybody to be okay. Um, and, and yeah, there's no real radio demon when it comes. Because I still don't know if the radio demon's good or bad. I think he's bad. I think ultimately he's going to be their, the, the thing that they take down. Yeah. But, but at the same time, he's presented on, as on their side right now. And so <laughs> you're rooting for him. Um, and, and it's just very interesting. The score... You have to give it up for this music that they've thrown in there. That's something you don't usually see. They're, they do this thing that Disney does. So Disney is well known for, um, for instance, with uh, what was the Lion King song? Um, a th- Circle of Life. Circle of Life or um, A Whole New World, right? <laughs> yeah. Where the music swells and we usually talk about like, oh, it swells and the, the chorus comes in or the orchestra comes in and it sounds really cool. It's called chromatic modulation when it jumps up like three half notes. And it really is just a key change. But she has recruited that style and she's actually put a bunch of key changes in her song so that they amp up throughout. So it feels very Disney-ish, <laughs> but then she's talking about bukkake and she's talking <laughs> about like... Uh, cannibals eating each other and dogs having doggy style sex and <laughs> you see it and it's just it's gross but at the same time the songs are funny again happy day in hell was probably the best part of episode one um and nifty so nifty is actually uh, going against the grain because i actually prefer her in this than i did in the pilot in the pilot she's just a pink-haired crazy manic um hyperactive maid uh, who goes around, they've made her much more depraved. She is, <laughs> is she, because she's so small, no one takes her seriously, but she is just as uh, horny and uh, deviant as as Angel is, but she's, uh, she's so tiny, it's cute. <laughs> she's kind of like Ed from um, Cowboy, Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, where she's just very strange. Um, and so, yeah, second favorite character. The endings are influenced by like old cartoons where it cuts to a flash card in the background that kind of looks like the end of a SpongeBob mm-hmm. episode or a Timmy Turner thing. Um, 
I already mentioned the stupid egg minions that I begrudgingly are saying I'm going to say are good. The person who voiced Angel Dust also voiced the Egg Boys. That's that's cool. Angel's voice has changed as well. Um, and they set up sort of a tragic background arc, which I don't think people have caught on to yet, about Vaggy, her, her I think it's her lover because they mentioned in the first uh, in the pilot that she's gay. Right. And so, but they haven't like made out or anything. So it isn't doing the Harley Quinn thing where it's like in your face all the time. But uh, they did set her up because she's the one who was so adamant to Charlie saying, don't accept the radio demon inside. Never make a deal with this dude. She makes a deal with him in the first episode because the radio demon is making these terrible commercials that aren't going to actually influence anybody to come to the place. And at the end, he convinces her to make a deal with him. To But the deal isn't bad. It's just like, um, you will never ask me to help you with uh, a video camera thing again. But she's opened the door to it. So it's like, you don't want to open that floodgate. The whole green mist turns into things. And and, and yeah, I'm, I'm sensing that Vaggy is going to get cut caught up in some form of deal and then charlie will have to go and save her and that might may or may not work and so yeah my cons here uh there's not as many i said 80 percent of it holds up with what the pilot but there's like 20 percent of it that's much more bright yeah much more uh happy um episode one does have that pilotitis there's a bit of a repetitive nature to the people in the has-been hotel doing trust exercises every single episode where they're just not seeming to move forward with their characters they just seem to continue to want to like try to rehabilitate them but are, is are not able to quite yet um why what i there's one thing that all the audience has brought up that has been a huge con and i'm waiting to see if you bring it up but i guess i can just say my, it. my last one i have one more so yeah. just in case i can get it um heaven seems to be filled with straight up bum nuggets so like for instance adam we saw already right but it seems like everybody there, like what they're convincing me more of in these four episodes is that all of heaven belongs in hell mm-hmm. rather than anybody be- belongs in heaven. Besides right. Charlie. Charlie's, again, very <laughs> goody two-shoes. Um, so, so that was my last one. No, it's the fact that they crammed so much into eight episodes in short lengths, 20 minutes. People are saying this should have been way more episodes. Because the show has gotten good reviews as a 7.7 on IMDb with around 8,000 reviews. Hmm. 88% on Ron Tomatoes, 89% audience score. But the audience has just not been over and not been able to get over not only the character changes and the voice changes, which even some of the voice actors were kind of mad that they got recast oh really that's that's so disappointing there were some also that came out and and wished the show well i don't think anybody in the pilot um like the pilot's amazing anybody it's better than the show but the thing is they both work together and i i'm sad to hear that there is that backlash keith david going huss voice is the most like obvious yes different um, but, but again, I think everybody brings their style to it and eventually people will, uh, get it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it, it's, it's just, it seems like people like the show, especially people who love the pilot, but they said that it just should have been more episodes and it should have been a little longer because they try to do too much. Well, so every, so the, the other critics got like eight episodes where we're just actually, talking about the, the other critics four. only got five. Oh, okay. So there's still three that people are left unknown. Yes. For. that's the thing I, I amazon would be super stupid to not keep this around right yes so musicals have a really bad luck uh in the television sphere <laughs> schmigadoon just got canceled <laughs> uh zoe's extraordinary playlist got canceled a few years ago they just can't seem to find an audience or stay on air but this had 92 million views 
on YouTube. Yeah, even MGM, the people who are like kind of decide if it should go on Amazon or not, already knew about Hasbin Hotel. But the second that the head of MGM heard that uh, A24 had picked up a series, she yeah. was like, "Give it to me immediately!" And then they renewed it for a second season even before it came to out. Bar oh, oh, it's been renewed. Yeah, I was gonna say to borrow a sports analogy, um, it's got a built-in floor. This thing, even in the episodes that you're not as impressed by. I still still think that they're a solid seven. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I'm giving my ultimate take for the first four episodes a 7.5. But I'm going to continue to watch because I fully expect it to surpass that. And by the end of the season, to make it to a nine. Or, oh, wow. Okay, so you're expecting a lot from it. Or it could get worse and get just retain itself at that seven level. Either way, I think I'm going to, I'm not going to consider it a waste of time. And I, I would relate it to Jim Henson's Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yes. Um, Came because, out a couple years ago, right? Five years ago or six. Yeah. And they were stupid enough to cancel that. I understand it was expensive to make, but it was an amazing show in, in and of itself. It also had a built-in floor because of just how cool it was, the, the style and everything. But they had a very similar character too in Deet, where Deet was like this ultra innocent uh, I forgot what they were called, but like little hobbit character. And <laughs> she um, ended something bad happened to her and then it ended. And we never got a conclusion with that. If something bad happens to Charlie and then we never get a conclusion about it, I'm very happy to hear that season two is happening because that, that means they're going to have... The, they won't be stuck in that same situation. And as I said before, the favorite from most people has been Loser Baby. And considering the fact it's been stuck in my head ever since we've started this podcast, I can't recommend that song enough. <laughs> <laughs> there all the songs are catchy i mean that's what i was saying with the disneyness to it um thanks for listening i think we've kind of covered it all vaggy serpentious as in serpent um yep. uh husk nifty charlie morningstar angel dust radio demon uh was there katie killjoy did you mention someone named that because that was actually voiced by brandon rogers the person who uh, is the main character in hell of a boss they again had so many big overlord demons there she could have been one of those people right now i think the big bads though are valentine valentino and um mr vox those are the two that uh and you obviously have radio demon there to help fight them mm -hmm. yep thanks for listening we'll see you in the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye